Nurse Deck, we give nurses a place to belong. Whether that's a platform to be heard or the breathing room to be accepted right where we are today, Nurse Deck is proud to be built by our collective nurse voice. Our Insider's Perspective interview series showcases the true diversity in nursing experience through individual storytelling. We will hear from professionals from all walks of nursing life, in academia, at the bedside, in the C-suites of administration, and at the forefront of nurse-led innovation. Nurses are strong, but we need each other more than ever. Our stories connect and unite us, and we're thrilled to bring you a new one each week. I'm Brianna Kinney-Orr, and this is Insider's Perspective of Nursing, the podcast. Hey, everybody. This is your host, Brianna. Welcome to another edition of our Insider Perspective series. Today, we are adding the voice of Renee Thompson, who is an author, a speaker, DNP-educated founder and CEO of the Healthy Workforce Institute, um, which aims to break the cycle of nurses eating their young once and for all. We're going to chat all about that today. Um, Super excited to have you here. Welcome, Renee. Oh my goodness. Thank you for having me, Brianna. It's um, you know, a topic that if you're a nurse, you know exactly what we're talking about. And that's yes. that's sad. And I um anytime I have an opportunity to have an audience of other nurses to actually just engage in a conversation about this issue so that we can address it, deal with it, put a stop to it once and for all. Uh it, it's a good day for me. So thank you for having me. Yeah, I love that. Tell us how you got your start in nursing. This is sometimes my favorite question because everybody's is such a different different path to get here. Um, can you share with us how that looked for you? Yes, yes, I can. Actually, I right out of high school, I went to uh, University of Pittsburgh. I'm uh, originally from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and I wanted to be an OBGYN physician. I wanted to deliver babies. Mm. So I started pre-med, but then life got in the way. I, I got pregnant when I was 19 years old. It, I had somebody I grew up with, you know, my high school sweetheart. And um, so I got pregnant, got married, quit school. And then two kids later decided, all right, now what am I going to do? And I thought, well, I don't know that I have the energy or the time or resources <laughs> to become a physician. And it was actually a group of other people. I was doing some work in a clinic and they said, girl, you need to be a nurse. You would be a really good nurse. I'm like, okay, I'll become a nurse and I'll help deliver babies. And so Mm -hmm. I went to nursing school and then I fell in love with the heart and I became a cardiac nurse. And then I did a lot. I became a neuro nurse after that. So, so, you know, hearts and brains. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And it was the best decision I could have made. I've been a nurse for 31 years and I love everything there is about being a nurse. Yes. You definitely give off like super nurse energy, which I mean in like the highest compliment. (laughs) Um, and I also would argue that like you still work with hearts and minds of, of, uh, now nurses um, and doing really awesome work, which we're going to talk about. Um, Tell us more about like the background, like you said, we've all experienced it, but the background of bullying and incivility in nursing. um, How did you land on this subject? How did it become a passion of yours? Yeah, um, it's a, it's a great question. And I actually 
couldn't have answered that very well when I started this work, but it's only been because I've been on this journey for such a long time. I can look back and reflect and say, ah, that was the moment. That's why I did this. You know, again, I've been a nurse for 31 years. I pretty much have done everything that you can do as a nurse. And that's one of the things that I love about nursing. I mean, I've worked, you know, <laughs> hearts and brains, you know, at the mm -hmm. bedside. I've been a frontline manager. I've worked as an educator. I worked home care. I worked for a managed care company. I was a quality manager. And then I ended up in an executive role where I was responsible for professional development of about 10,000 nurses. And it was when I was in that role, talking with a lot of other nurses, that I realized it didn't matter what role I had. It didn't matter what organization I worked for. I swear there was always another group of nurses who made it their mission to make my life difficult. Mm -hmm. I just thought, you know what? Working in healthcare is hard enough. Yes. We all agree, especially now hard enough without worrying about the people you're working right. with making it harder. Yes. So we'd say, well, that's just the way it is in nurses, nursing, you know, nurses eat their young. And I had a moment where I said, enough, mm -hmm. I'm done with this. We've been talking about it for a century now, but mm -hmm. doing anything about it. And I went home and I told my husband, like, honey, I'm going to quit my job and I'm going to start my own company with an intention to eradicate bullying and incivility in nursing. And it really started with me just speaking about it. And then it really grew from there. And now I've become an institute and we're the only company in the world dedicated to eradicating bad behavior in healthcare alone. Yeah. Unfortunately, we don't have to go outside of healthcare. We are plenty busy right here. Yeah, right. Exactly. Tell us, I mean, I love that you speak about how this impacts not just nurses between each other, but also patients and the delivery of healthcare itself. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Oh my gosh. We have, there are so many studies, you know, we talk about evidence-based practice, yeah. research and nurses as nurse scientists. Mm -hmm. We have enough studies that we could probably host a six hour, 10 hour, <laughs> one week you know, virtual podcast on the numerous studies that show the negative impact disruptive behaviors have yeah. on the patients that we about to serve. And I always, you know, like to, to think in this way, when any one of us on the healthcare team is uncomfortable or not willing to communicate with anybody else on the healthcare team, mm -hmm. think about some of the people yeah. who we work with, who were afraid to say anything, were afraid, you know, to speak up. Mm -hmm any one of us are not willing or uncomfortable, it stops the flow of information. Yes. And when we stop the flow of information, that affects someone's mom, yeah. or child or spouse or partner. And, you know, I say this all the time, the way we treat each other is just as important as the good care that we provide because yeah. it's how we treat each other that affects those patients too. Yeah. We have so many studies that show like 87% of all medical error can be attributed to some form of miscommunication, poor wow. communication. And a lot of that is because of behavior. Yeah, I believe it. I mean, it's, it's like the science confirming the stuff that we've experienced anecdotally, that it's one of those instances where I could just picture everybody's head nodding along like mine is right now, that it's yeah. like, thank you for validating my experiences um, to, to the not like knowing that it affects our patients. Um, how could it not? Oh, um, I always think too, if that was your mom, like, okay, yes, if you're right. about to make a mistake. Would you want somebody to call you on it? Right. Or not say anything because they were afraid of how you would, you know, react. Yeah. 
But what if that mistake was going to happen to your mother? Yes. Right. Or your child. And so we have to think in terms of how we're communicating, how we're treating each other. There's always some type of um, indirect or direct impact to the patients who are serving. Right. But I think too, when bullying and that type of behavior happens, it can can feel isolating, like it's only happening to you. So I think maybe it would give nurses maybe the courage to, to speak out if they know, like, I'm not just speaking on my own behalf because we're so much better at taking care of other people than we are ourselves sometimes. Um, but Your community of real nurses is waiting for you. Join Nurse Social from Nurse Deck today to connect and network with nurses from all over. Ask questions and share advice. Only verified nurses and nursing students have access to member areas. So new nurses, veterans, mentors, and leaders are here to connect and support one another. Get rewards for participating in your community. Score social points as you engage with fellow nurses and redeem your credit to support a growing list of products and services created by other nurses. Follow topics that interest and affect you as a nurse. Your peers are creating topics and stocking them with an unlimited supply of advice and resources. And you can follow along to help build a better world for nurses everywhere. Head to social.nursestack.com to join in today. We'll see you there. Talk to us a little bit about how nurses can identify this kind of behavior if it, they're, you know, what's something that's a personality clash? When does it escalate to the level of bullying or is there criteria that need to be met? Um, that type of thing. Yes. Um, this is a, it, when I'm doing presentations, I always think, okay, what's the key takeaway that I want people to, you know, walk away with? Like, what is the quintessential, you, you must understand this. And that is what bullying is and what it's not. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We tend to label all bad behavior or all behavior that we don't like as bullying, and that's not accurate. Yeah. So when we look at bullying itself, there has to be a target. Mm-hmm. So let's say I work with a group of nurses and I'm nice. We'll just say it like that. I'm nice to everyone except for you, Brianna. I don't know. There's just something about you I don't like. Mm-hmm. When I'm in charge, I give you the worst assignments. I don't help you. I try to find fault in everything that you're doing. I'm fine mm-hmm. with everyone else. It's just you I don't like. Right. So there has to be a target. That target could be one person or it could be a small group of people. I've been a nurse here for 30, 40 years, and I don't like any of you young whippersnappers coming right. in. Thinking yeah. you know all that, okay? <laughs> yeah. No, I will target all the new nurses or I'm the day shift. And, you know, you night shift nurses, you don't do anything. Right. Consider, they sleep all night long. You right. just sit on. So Very I might cool. target a different shift or a different department. The behavior has to be harmful. So if I roll my eyes at you, mm-hmm. is that truly harmful? The answer is No. Eye rolling by itself is not bullying. Okay. Mm -hmm. It's not nice, but it's not Mm -hmm. bullying. Mm -hmm. But if I don't give you all the information you need in shift report, right? I want you to look bad when the physicians come in and round, then who's that harmful to it? It could be harmful to you, Mm -hmm. but it also could be harmful to your patients. Like Mm -hmm. nurses giving each other the silent treatment, refusing to help certain people, you know, Mm -hmm. sink or swim. That's harmful to patients. 
And then here's, I think, one of the most important considerations. It can't just be one time I got sort of testy with you and I was stressed. It has to be repeated over time. So if you're a nurse and you're thinking, hmm, am I being bullied? Mm -hmm. I want you to just spend a couple of weeks paying attention. Am I the only one this person is treating this way? Mm -hmm. Where's the harm here? If every time I come into work and see that I have to work with you, I have a visceral reaction and I'm in the bathroom, there is some harm to me. Or if I feel like I need to call off or I'm so distracted Mm -hmm. as I'm working with you that I'm not caring for my patients, Mm -hmm. that's harm. And is this the first time you're treating me this way or is this a pattern? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's bullying. Yeah. And we see other things like incivility. Incivility is the gossip, the mock mm-hmm. clicks, the eye rolling. That's yeah. what we actually see most of in healthcare. It's not bullying. Mm-hmm. It's incivility. So yeah. that, that's the, the primary difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, thank you for defining it. And I love like the idea of kind of role playing through this. So if you're a nurse that's been questioning these things and you're listening, mm-hmm. the next step. So let's say you sat down, you did what you just said, identified, you know, the pattern of behavior, answered those questions. Is it harmful to me? Is it harmful to my patients? You're answering yes, yes, yes. I think I'm identifying it correctly. What do you then want to tell nurses about how to face off with this problem that they've identified. Right. Because that's the, the point. And even me starting this company, it's like, everybody's been talking about it, right? Yeah. Defining it, the impact, the psychological, physical, and all sure. of those effects. But what are we going to do about it? And right. that's, that's where really, I think um, we've been successful as a company because we focus on it. It's not up in the clouds. Oh, mm-hmm. just, you know, do something about it and speak up. Okay. No, right. it's what do you say to this person at two o'clock right. in the morning when they're doing this to you? Yes. We get super practical. So we basically have three strategies. Once you've raised awareness, mm-hmm. and especially, you know, if you're someone who's dealing with this and you do the whole, I'm going to spend a little bit of time, you know, investigating, you know, or observing, and yep, this is definitely a bullying situation. Or guess what? doesn't have to be. Maybe this is incivility. Uh, Maybe the behavior is not harmful overtly, or Mm -hmm. maybe it's just not targeted towards you, but still it's dealing with a a coworker who's treating you in a way that's incredibly disrespectful and unprofessional. Okay. the, the, The labels as far as some of the solutions aren't as important, but three strategies that we recommend is first, just name the behavior. And, you know, we have like overt behaviors where somebody's yelling at you, criticizing mm-hmm. you in front of other people, rolling their eyes at you in front of, okay, that's overt. Covert, that's that, you know, passive aggressive, mm-hmm. you know, hanging you in the back, you know, stabbing you in the back when you turn around. Those are harder to address. So start simple. Start with overt. Mm-hmm. Just name it. You're yelling at me in front of people. Yes. You're criticizing me in front of patients. I just saw you roll your eyes at me. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, You're stomping down the hallway. Mm -hmm. You don't like your assignment that I just gave you. Okay. Whatever (laughs) it is, just name the behavior. You're not asking them to stop. You're Mm -hmm. not counseling, coaching, just identify what the behavior Mm -hmm. is and name it. That's a good starting point. 
We also then really work with healthcare professionals, like the entire team, to learn how to develop better assertive communication skills. So that is where, hey, Brianna, can I talk to you for, for a minute? Mm-hmm. So sometimes, I'm not sure you realize this, but sometimes you come across as a little intimidating or mm-hmm. condescending or aggressive or mm-hmm. whatever that is. And mm-hmm. I think it's really affecting, you know, whether or not people are willing to even ask you questions. And you've been a nurse here for 30 years. You yeah. have a wealth of knowledge. So basically, that was an honest and respectful conversation. Right. That's assertive communication. And there's a way that you can develop your assertive communication skills. So if you're a nurse being treated in a condescending way by a more experienced nurse, you can say, you know, like, time out here. Wait mm-hmm. a minute. You know, I, you've been a nurse here for a really long time. There's so much that I can learn from you. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure you realize this, though. Sometimes, though, you come across as a little intimidating, and it makes me afraid to ask you a question. Right. And I want to learn from you can yeah. we talk about this. Okay. Right. So, just having those types of conversations, which really kind of takes it to that next level. Right. Then I've already given you a, a few of them. Scripting is my superpower. Yeah. And that is having, okay, somebody's treating you the same way over and over again. Yeah. You identify a script. We've got tons of scripts. We use scripts for everything. And you just basically identify the appropriate script and use it. So you could say things like, I'm not sure you're aware. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure yeah. you realize this. Or you can say, you know, I'm really offended by what you just said to me. Yeah. Or what you just said makes me, you know, uncomfortable or we have a whole list of scripts because yeah. I don't know about any of you, but in the moment, right. When someone embarrasses me, right. I don't know what to say. And yeah. I, yeah. Thing, okay. Or I say something really stupid that I regret, but the next day in the shower, mm-hmm. I can think of all sorts of right. things. Exactly. Yeah. So, no, so that is so, that's so true. Cause you're, when you're overcome with the emotion of what's happening to you or just your reaction to it, of mm-hmm. course, everything you come up with is going to be reactionary versus yes. having something intentional that you can open up a dialogue, hopefully, um, as opposed to just like deflecting. Um, and right. Because yourself. you're right. When your emotions are high, you can't think logically because your amygdala mm-hmm. is the one running the show. And yes, the right, right. I say we clobber the guy, clobber the guy. Yeah, fight or flight, right. Um, I have a, a, a YouTube video series called Coffee and Conversations about Nurse Bullying. And my favorite video of all time is when I interviewed my daughter who was working at the time as a high school teacher. Mm-hmm. And she was dealing with a coworker who would always embarrass her in front of other people. Mm-hmm. I gave her a script. She used it. And you know what? She worked with that teacher for another year and a half. Mm-hmm teacher never did anything like that to her again. Wow. Yeah. So it has like direct and almost immediate benefits. Scripting works most of the time. Not all the time. Talk to us a little bit. I mean, I always think of, you know, the behaviors that lead nurses to start bullying and there's like the whole just being burnt out and there's so many stressors and you can't relieve them in the moment. You know, you're getting, you're getting it from all sides, like patients, families and, and short staffing and just all the multitude of things that nurses face that lead to burnout. Um, what are your thoughts on this or what can be done to address, you know, some of these working conditions for nurses so that it doesn't prime the environment for bullying to occur? 
You know, I spend the majority of my time uh, working with nurse leaders and well, I should say not just nurse leaders, healthcare leaders. Yeah. And it's their biggest, biggest stressor too, is they know that they're asking their employees do more and more with less and less. Yeah. And you know, the simple solution is, oh, we need more nurses. We need more staff. Well, where are you going to get them? Okay. And so it's this vicious cycle. And I actually wrote an article about the great resignation and people leaving and they're leaving for various reasons involving, you know, higher salaries and all those things, but Mm -hmm. they're also leaving because of the culture too. Yeah. And that's something that I, that I know Mm -hmm. it it takes the whole team though, Mm -hmm. work on to make it a better environment for everyone. It can't just be one person's responsibility. It has to be a Yeah, you need the buy-in. That's so true. Yeah, so we do a lot with healthcare teams to actually get very intentional about the type of culture that we want to create. Mm-hmm. And then how do you implement that? How do you make that living and breathing? How do you hardwire it? So we know it works. Um, however, just a couple of things related to that. You know, I teach this. I teach how to be respectful and kind and a professional. But you know what? I act out every now and then too when I'm under stress. All human beings can act badly Mm -hmm. when we're in stressful situations. And, you know, look at healthcare. We're in the most stressful Mm -hmm. environment, industry known to man, especially the last couple of years. So it's under, like, we understand that when people are burned out, stressed out, they lash out. Mm -hmm. However, it's not an excuse. Right. And what I tell people is you can be frustrated, angry, scared, short-staffed, all those things. You just can't be cruel to each other right? because that makes it worse. And I think sometimes people forget that. So if you and I are working together and I lash out at you and I'm under a lot of stress for all the reasons that we know are happening Mm -hmm. right now, you know, what do we do? It's, I need to come back to you when I'm in a calmer state and Mm -hmm. just say, Anna, I am so sorry that I took it out on you. Or, you know, yes. are we okay? I'm, I'm sorry. Are we okay? Yes. Because human beings will never forget when somebody's been mean to them. Right. Yeah. Especially in front of other people. And so I think we need to manage ourselves. Mm-hmm. Then, you know, also we need to look out for each other too. And mm-hmm. when you see somebody, we talk about being a bystander versus mm-hmm. an outsider. And I see this a lot with people in a supportive role. Let's say you have a unit clerk Mm -hmm. being treated, you know, in a condescending, you know, aggressive way by, let's just say a physician. (laughs) What do we normally do? We go, oh boy, that poor thing. Right. Turn away. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. No, you need to walk up to whoever is behaving this way. And I I like to do this. It's my technique where you, you need to use a visual cue and a verbal cue. Mm-hmm. So the visual cue, I like to do the timeout sign, like mm-hmm. timeout, Dr. Rossi. Yeah, yeah. The way you're talking to, and then say the person's name, mm-hmm. Susan is extremely rude and unprofessional and you need to stop. Yeah. So it's a timeout visual right. cue and then name the behavior, okay? You're yelling at Susan, you need to stop. Mm-hmm. Or the mm-hmm. way you're talking to her right now. Right. It's to to speak up on behalf of someone yeah. else. Yeah. Yeah. And then support that other person. So I think, you know, burnout, being stressed out, resilience and all that, there's not a one 
Mm -hmm. Oh, just do this one or three things and it'll make it all better. But I I do know that it's a a team Mm -hmm. responsibility um, because I don't know about you, but I would rather work short staff with amazing nurses Mm -hmm. and an amazing team than fully staffed with lazy, lousy ones who are looking, uh, you know, (laughs) do the least amount of work. Right. No, it's so true. And also just to work in an environment when you see that kind of positive behavior from your coworkers, you you get this sense of like, we're all in this together. Like that nurse would stand up for her. She would stand up for me. And that I think would inspire you to do the same, you know, like you're viewing what it looks like. So I think just modeling that behavior to people that that are watching, because of course everybody wants to watch the juicy moments that happen in the unit. Um, it, that also is contagious, you know? More into vlogs than pods? You can also watch these interviews. Check out Nurse Stack on YouTube for video features of these amazing nurses and more content by and for nurses. Just search Nurse Stack on YouTube to find us and get watching. It is. And, and I think just, as human beings, I mean, look at the reality TV shows. We oh, are drawn yeah. to that because it makes us feel better about ourselves. Sure, right. Why is that bad? Okay. Right, right. And yeah. I, I understand that, but that's that some of that is polluting our brains and yes. influencing us in ways that when you take a step back, we don't want that type of influence. We want to be inspired and influenced right. by positive people, people yeah. who despite anything that happens, mm-hmm. you know, they, they have a, a level of optimism that, you know what, it's not to say like all puppies and flowers, oh, we're going right. to get this together, but right. you know, all right, here's the situation. This is right. what we got. We're smart yeah. people. Let's figure right. this out. Let's, let's do this together. And, you know, I, I still continue to practice as a bedside nurse until about four years ago, even though I've had this company now for 11, I went back to the bedside because I wanted to, as they say, keep my toe dipped in the water. I, I really wanted to know what it was like, you know, being a bedside nurse again and dealing with, you know, the, the various complexities of healthcare. Sure. And I remember one time um, they called me the night before to say, Renee, is there any way you can come in early tomorrow? So I usually worked on a Saturday from 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. because mm-hmm. mornings are when I do my focused work. It's when I write. That's mm-hmm. why I, I mean, that's when my brain is most, you know, right. <laughs> it's all the coffee I have when I first wake up. I'm not sure. But, um, and they said, we know that's your protected time, but is there any way that you can come in at seven o'clock? And I was like, oh, I really don't want to do that. But uh, how can I say no? Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. They said, we were so short set. They had never asked me to come in early before. Mm-hmm. So I, it was the worst shift I ever had in that organization. Uh. It was horrible. It ended up being the best shift because every single person I worked with came up to me throughout the day and either hugged me or just yes. like, oh my God, Renee, thank you so much for coming in. I don't know what we would have done without you. Right. You know, I know that was your protected time and you gave that up for us. Thank mm-hmm. you so much. And I felt so appreciated by my coworkers. It was a weekend. My manager wasn't there. Mm-hmm. My man- manager didn't know that they called me in. Mm-hmm my peers did. Mm-hmm. They recognized me. And so I think we need to do more of that. We need mm-hmm. to tell people that they're making a yeah. difference and thanking people. And, 
you might not think uh, thanking a nursing assistant for helping you with your patient makes a difference, but it does. Yeah, it does. It, that's such a good point. How, and that's a good, another good segue into my next question. You wear so many hats. <laughs> you are a speaker, you're a consultant, you're a writer, you're a clinician. How do you manage that? I, I heard you use the phrase protected time, which I love mm -hmm. um, setting up those boundaries. But what do you attribute? What's the biggest factor that's helped you be successful with so many different things? Yes, uh, you're, you're so right. I do a lot of different things. And there are some days that I um, struggle trying to, to keep all the balls in the air, okay, and not drop one of them. I'm crystal clear about what my priorities are, though. Like, mm -hmm. I'm one of these crazy people that I plan my year. I, I, I have strategic goals for my year, my quarter, my month, my week, my day. Mm -hmm. Like, what are the top three things? If I didn't get anything else done, right. these three things, what would they be? And I make sure that I do those first. Um, but I, I also, I take a look at knowing that I can't do this work alone. You know, as a nurse. Mm -hmm. I would always seek out a mentor, mm -hmm. someone who was better at me, and I would ask them for help. Mm -hmm. When I became an educator, I found you know one of our educators, I really admired her, so I asked her for help. Mm -hmm. I didn't even realize this until I was kind of thinking about this uh, not too long ago, but I always sought support and help from someone who was successful in doing what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And that didn't change when I became a business owner too. I mean, I know how to be a nurse, but how do you run a business? Right, yeah. Different. Yeah. And now like I'm in a coaching program, I'm in a pretty intense coaching program right. that's making a huge difference. So I realized that I don't know everything, mm -hmm. but I know that other people do and mm -hmm. I just seek advice from them. And the other thing that I would say allows me to do everything that I want to do is that I have always um, been very mindful of the fact that I suffer from that whole squirrel shiny object syndrome. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. before I'm a, I have to protect myself. So yeah, right. Say yes to something. I mm -hmm. actually go through a little list of okay, does it is this in alignment with my goals? Mm -hmm. Is this something? If I do this, I'm going to have to say no to something else. So I right. kind of get through that before I say yes, and that allows okay. me to somewhat manage my my workload yeah no i love the balance of personal development and men you know seeking out mm -hmm. mentors um, we talk a lot about that on nurse deck and how exactly to ask someone to be a mentor and that type of thing so i'm so glad that you mentioned that has been yes. um instrumental in your own career as well um we have a big audience nurses from all walks of life all levels of education all different um working conditions right now if you could give advice to the quote every nurse <laughs> what's what's one piece of advice you could you could give for them sure oh gosh one I know. <laughs> honestly i had mentioned earlier that i got pregnant had to quit school you know um then went to nursing school after a couple of years. What I didn't also share was that there was a period of time where I was on welfare. Like I didn't have $5 to buy a book of stamps. That was at the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> pay my bills. And I was young and my family had uh, moved across the country because my dad, you know, changed his jobs and everything. And I felt very alone and mm. honestly, sorry for myself for a while. And then 
I took a look around, said this is not the type of life that I want to have, and I decided to do something about it. And I took 100% responsibility for my life, my career, everything. And I've always been this way. I don't blame anyone else. I take responsibility for it. And I always say that most successful people, their, their single, like consistent success habit is that they take full responsibility for their personal and their professional development mm-hmm. independent of whether or not their organization requires it. Yeah. I think of the contact hours for nurses, you need 30 hours and some nurses complain about that. I'm like 30, I've got yeah. 60, I've got a hundred, you know, cause right. I take responsibility for, yeah. for my learning. But um, I, I would say that's, that's my biggest advice. Take responsibility for your own yes. personal and professional development because you can take that everywhere you go. It's that's so true. Yes. Take responsibility. Mm -hmm. That's great. I think nurses were such a we network so much without even realizing that that's what we're doing. And I think if you're constantly the type of employee or team member or however however you want to label it that people want to work with, like you will see opportunity after opportunity present itself. It's so true. So finally, one thing we always love to talk about is community and the importance of community. We're, of course, trying to build this big virtual community. Um, But can you talk a little bit about how community can support nurses today? Oh, 100 percent. You know, that was the one thing when I left working full time for an employer Mm -hmm. and then I was working out of my home office. Yeah, right. (laughs) Oh my gosh, you don't realize the benefits that you have working in an organization when you say networking community. Yeah. Because I remember like if I needed someone, hey, can you check, you know, check this guy's lungs for me? I'm hearing some crackles, but I'm not sure. And you've got somebody right there. Mm-hmm. If I'm struggling with something, dealing with something on a personal level too, I've got people right there that I could talk mm-hmm. to. Right. So when I found myself at home by myself, I realized the importance of community. So I had to seek out other ways of really engaging with not like-minded people. Mm -hmm. And that was Mm -hmm. one of the things that I would challenge everybody. You don't want to just hang out with people who are just like you. You want to challenge yourself to open yourself to other um, ideas and opinions. And Mm -hmm. and this is where I think we could do a better job in community Mm -hmm. to issues in a way that doesn't attack people because they have a different opinion than you do. But just to say, all right, this is what I'm thinking. I'd love to hear it from your perspective. Yes. That's where I think as a nursing profession, being in a community where you feel safe, that Mm -hmm. you can express your opinions without getting attacked, having them. But then to also what's going to happen is you'll bond with a few people that you do have some synergy with who are similar. And when I think of similarities, I think of at least the the, the core values, um, somebody's character. Mm-hmm. That I like to be around people who are ethical, mm-hmm. will always do the right thing no matter why. Because you have to be careful. Some people don't feel that way. And yes. you don't want <laughs> them to influence you. but. Yeah. Um, that's what's going to help nurses get through what we're going through right now is to to really bond and communicate with other nurses who are going through something similar, but under that 
framework of or under that umbrella of what can we do to, to become stronger and better because of it. You yeah. can't do that alone. You can only yeah. do that in a community. Yeah, I love that. Well, I think the work you're doing, it's novel. I love that you're taking the theoretical and putting a practical side to it with like the scripting. I know you touched on, you, you've made videos. Um, we're going to provide all that information to people so they can find you and find your work that you're doing. Um, I can tell you, at least from my one small corner, we interview a lot of nurses. Um, we call it in the field and just give them a kind of a Q&A and we give them a selection of questions they can answer. And almost every single nurse chooses the whole, have you ever experienced nurses eating their young, true or false? And I will say the tide is shifting. We used to get a lot of, yes, they do. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. It's true, true, true to, I know this happens, but it hasn't happened to me, to people that are just straight up saying, no, I work with these great teams. So oh my God, I love it. Cause you know, my goal is to put myself out of a company. Like, <laughs> nobody needs my help. Yeah. I'll retire. I have two grandbabies. I'll go spend time with them. Okay? Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like the tide is shifting and there's no doubt in my mind that work that you are doing and others are doing to shift this cultural experience that you know many of us have experienced but hopefully not many more um but is changing so thank you so much um we always like to leave it at, on end on a note if there's anything that we didn't uh talk about or discuss and or mention if you would like to do that um or give you the floor to to say farewell <laughs> well i would like to end with just a sort of message to anyone who's actually experiencing bullying right now whether you think it's bullying or you're not sure it doesn't matter if you're being treated with cruelty by anybody at work what we find is 40% of people who are dealing with this don't tell anyone wow yeah. i just encourage any yeah. of you who are dealing with this please speak up, tell someone about it. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be a formal, I'm going to report someone, but mm -hmm. you know, seek out a trusted colleague. When you talk about community, it's probably mm -hmm. a really great opportunity for somebody as your first step to even post something in the, yeah. the, the social, the community to say, oh, I'm dealing with this. You're not alone. There are so many people who would support you. I know my whole company, that's what we do is giving yeah. you tools and strategies, but just don't suffer in silence because nursing is an incredible profession. It's not easy. Mm -hmm. It's not for everyone. And we don't want to lose people just because they're being treated cruelly by the people who they're working with. It, yeah. it's, just, it's not right. So please seek help. Yeah. Awesome. That's a, that's a great message. I love it. Um, well, thank you, Renee, so much. So inspired by the work you're doing. You're freaking awesome. <laughs> I can just feel the passion coming through. Um, I have no doubt you're you're changing people's lives, you know, day to day. So that's great. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me and bringing up this very important, you know, uncomfortable topic because we created it, us nurses. Yep. You know, it's up to us to remove it. So thank you. Absolutely. All right. Have a good rest of your day and we'll be in touch and let you know when this starts sprinkling out on our social channels here. <laughs> Take care. This has been a Nurse Tech production hosted by NP Jamie Smith and RN Brianna Kinney Orr. This episode was produced and edited by Juan Paolo Toison and Julia Taliesin. 
Join us on social.nursedeck.com to connect with podcast hosts and guests and experience a truly nurse-centered online community. Thank you for listening.